You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Whirling. I'm joined by my co-hosts JT English and Jen Wilkin. What's up? Last recording of the the day. Recording. Let's go. This is where it gets all goofy and loose because we're <laughs> a little scrambled. Four little, hours in. Let's little, do this. Yeah, four hours in, and uh, we're gonna. Do you be, know that uh, you have a specific be... intro voice that you then transition out of for the podcast? Uh huh. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, everything I do on here is, is tactical, JT. I, every I'm micro movement. I'm a professional, JT. Everything I do on here is is for the purpose of just moving us forward, you know? Do you get that vibe? Do you guys also have pastor voice? Oh, definitely. You want to hear my pastor voice? I can do it right now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Now, now I want you to understand that when when Jesus walks into the wilderness, did you hear what I did there? There's a lot of pauses uh-huh, in, yep. in pastor mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, was that, that was, was that like reflect? was that like preaching pastor voice or like counseling? Oh no, that was preaching pastor voice. Counseling yeah. pastor voice is a lot more like this. It's a lot more like, yeah, okay. You know what? Listen, I want to first off, I want to thank you, thank <laughs> you for sharing your story with me. Okay, and I just want to let you know. Yeah, there we go. It's a little bit lighter, a little bit brighter. Yeah, I what I hear you good. saying is, uh, yeah. What uh, I hear what you about saying you, JT? Is, let's hear pastor voice. I don't think I have one. Yeah, I don't think you do either. I don't think I, I don't think Kyle does either. Yeah, uh, maybe not. My my wife will sometimes say it sounds like you're speaking to me in pastor voice right now, and that's oh. when I know I'm in real trouble. I have made a a terrible judgment. Well, of course, I don't have pastor voice because I'm a woman. But okay, um, my kids will say they'll be like, "Mom, we don't like to listen to you teach because you sound angry. You sound like you sound, it sounds like we're in trouble." So I assume that that is my version of it. They're like, "We just feel like we did something wrong." But I'm like, "Well, that's what you want to hear is that when you teach, people feel judged." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't feel that way when I listen to you teach. Thanks, Kyle. No, I I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I would say I feel uplifted. Like I feel like Aww. like wind beneath my wings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys have a favorite preacher from like years gone by? My favorite preacher to listen over the decades has got to be. There's not even a close second. Tony Evans. Oh to- yeah, that's a good choice. And JT, JT is re- in. Uh, JT, are you about to speak at a conference? Are you? By the time this comes out, you will have spoken at a conference where who did you have to follow? Preaching wise, Robert Smith and Tony Evans. <laughs> oh, dude! Yeah, that's unbelievable. I it's mean, I cannot believe they did that to you. It's that's terrible. I'm I'm being trolled. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> everybody knows that the the. Freshman team, the JV team, and the varsity team go in order, and they have like reversed the order where like the freshman team is playing <laughs> at the end of the conference. It is not. It is not looking good for me, guys. Maybe they put you at the time where they think everybody will go take a smoke break or something. Yeah, like we're done. It's like it's like eight p.m. Like two hours past dinner, <laughs> they're all leaving. I would, I would say Tony. Tony's one of my favorite preachers. I, my fr- the first church we visited when we were in Dallas was Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Macy and I went, oh, wow. and they had like this. Like their services are long; they're like two hours long, and they make all the guests stand up. So we stood up, like brought us like bread and babies. I mean, it was just like they like gave us all bread these and gifts. babies. I mean, it, was, like, it was a joke. What? I'm just saying, like everybody like came over, okay. and was, like <laughs> hugging us and saying hi and shaking so that's hands. That's where they come from. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, they just were like super generous. I've I've I have admired Tony Evans's ministry for. I mean, that would have been 2007. 
and you know, four or five years before that was when I first started listening to him. So it's been, you know, close to 20 years that I've admired him. And now I get to look like an idiot right behind him. Make him I'm going to make him look amazing. People are going to love oh, his yeah. message. <laughs> I love it. Have you ever had to follow somebody that was just a real hard act to follow, Jen? You ever got up there and been like, golly. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of times I had to follow John Piper at the last um, women's conference, TGC women's conference. But the one that was um, completely overwhelming to me was I had to follow Jerry Bridges one time at a, <laughs> it was, I, I came, um, this is so terrible. I came after Jerry Bridges and right before Ben Stewart. And I seriously <laughs> think Ben Stewart is one of the best preachers alive on the planet today. And, uh, and then Jerry Bridges was someone who I just, I, I, I thought he was just deep wells of wisdom. And I thought, are you kidding me? I have to get up in between these two guys. Mm. And that was the one, actually, this is kind of a funny story. It was the Desiring God conference. And, um, and I was like, why are they, why am I even like being handed a microphone at this? And I was so nervous to get it right that the first words out of my mouth, you can still find this on the internet, was, hi, I'm Jen Wilkin and I teach men the Bible. <laughs> like, why did that come out of my mouth? And the whole room just like, went totally quiet and I felt all of the blood draining out of me. And then I was like, wrong conference. And they all just burst out laughing, but it was the, it was terrible. That's amazing. Have you guys ever had to clean somebody else's stuff up on like a conference or like, Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been cleaned up. Have you ever had that happen? No, never, never for me. Yeah. Why would they, what would they have to? Oh God. What would they say? Uh, they'd be like, wow, just double down on what that guy said. I, mean, I couldn't say it better myself, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I taught at a thing once where I was talking about uh, sanctification and the law um, to a room full of, I mean, presumptively believers, right? And um, after I sat down, the next person up just like went crazy hammering on grace and how works don't save us and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I did not say that, you know, but... We do what we do. We do. Was it Martin Luther by chance? (laughs) (laughs) What would it have been like? I, you know, I wonder, I wonder what it would have been like, like for the guy who came out that day when Luther had nailed up his 95 theses and he was like, he looked at it. He was like, I got to clean this mess up. You think, you you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) do you think there was like some poor Catholic priest or monk who came out and was like, Golly, I'm gonna have to patch this door now. And like he 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 was like pro- like convinced by the truth of the Reformation, but was so bitter against the fact that Luther had defaced this door that he was responsible for. I just like I like to imagine how that would have gone. You know, I think that's what they did. Yeah. What like nailing stuff to doors? Oh, you think that was like hey hey I gotta tell y'all it was something socially acceptable? Yeah, I think it was actually the social norm. Like I think I mean because they didn't mm. have the printing press yet. In the wait, same way. So, that, wait, it, are you actually, they, are you lying? Are you trolling me right now? Or did they, is this something that like, I just didn't know. And they actually nailed stuff to doors. No, I think they really nailed stuff to like public, public places. Like if you wanted to go oh. read what was written, you would go because the printing press hadn't come. I mean, it was on the verge of coming out in terms of making its, its way hmm. through Europe. I think this is something that was normal. I think what was not, I mean, like, because the 95 Theses, if you read them, like, a lot of them are very normal. Like, they're kind of strange. Like, there's just a few of them that are like, whoa. So I think yeah. he was just saying, like, hey, let's let's talk about this publicly. Yeah, it's crazy, like, between, like, 75 and 85 when he starts giving, like, personal hygiene tips. 
<laughs> he's like, you should definitely floss. Uh, make sure you wash underneath your armpits. You're like, wow, he kind of he kind of got off the beaten path there. Kind of lost the <laughs> kind of lost the thread there for a second. Didn't Proud he? to be a Protestant. <sighs> oh man. Well, we're actually waiting for uh, some guests to show up today. Did you know that? Did you know that there are guests that are supposed to be coming in and out of this podcast? Well, I believe I was warned, but I, I don't know if I feel safe about it or excited about it. What, what should I? I don't know. I Well, partly I'm a little uncertain about it now because I think we should have already had a knock on the door. But uh, here we remain vamping uh, for, <laughs> for guests that uh, have all like well, a couple of these folks, uh, they, they, they showed up an hour early. Uh, so we have been uh, we've just been playing a little bit of uh being flexible, you know, being flexible with this episode that is not going according to my plan, but you know, in a podcaster's heart, he plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Uh, it looks like we do have one guest who's already jumped in, so I'm going to let them in right now. Let's see who it is. Behind door number one, we have. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, hello, Jackie. Hey, what's up, Jackie? I'm late to the. Am I on time? No, you're actually early, Jackie, which is fantastic. Praise God. Yeah, I mean you're fine. Five minutes early. We're, we're joined by Jackie Hill Perry. She needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. That's what we do here. Uh, she is an author, a poet, a Bible teacher, a hip-hop artist, podcast host herself. She is the author of books, studies. She's out there doing things. She's. You've been on tour. You've been on a glory tour, right? Yeah, it sounds holy. Am I nailing, am I nailing this bio right now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. That sounds great. That sounds okay. excellent. Her most recent book is Holier Than Thou, How God's Holiness, holiness How God's Holiness Helps okay. Us Trust Him. <laughs> do you want me to do this, Kyle? Uh, I can take this over yeah. if you want. Yeah, yeah why don't you welcome no, Jackie I to the like show it real when quick? Kyle starts mispronouncing things. Mm -hmm. Hey Jackie, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Fantastic. Yeah, we're hanging. I don't see any par I don't see party hats and confetti. No, we're we're kind of low key on the decor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no you you have a very blue hat on though. I do. Uh, what's it say? I can't. It says a amen, 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 amen. Okay. So, wow. A, a lot of yeses. <laughs> okay. Great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you've been traveling the country, uh, far and wide, trying to direct people away from focusing on themselves and towards giving their attention to God. Why? How's that going? Yeah, how's that going? <laughs> oh, man. Did you fix it yet? Yeah. No, I don't know if that ever. We got to wait till Jesus comes back. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, yeah. for like for real, for though. Real. Like, how is it actually going trying to get people to go, yeah, my life isn't about me. It's about the glory of God. Yeah. Well, one, I think God is faithful. Mm. I think the gospel does work. I think the Holy Spirit does uh, illuminate minds and allow people to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so mm -hmm. I see him doing things. I see people um, changing, even in my own life. Like, I don't know how much, you know, preaching from a stage at a conference. I don't know the sustainability of that mm -hmm. in somebody else's life if I'm not with them. Right? right. But I do see what is happening within me. I do see what is happening within um, the people that I serve and are in relationship with. And so we definitely have a glory problem, hmm. but grace is glorious too. And we're receiving it. So yeah, that's good news. What's our, what is our glory problem though? Like when you say that, what, what's my, what's Kyle Worley's glory problem? I don't know what yours is, but in Romans one, Paul <laughs> <laughs> hang on, I'll take this one, Jackie. 
Paul talks about how, you know, a function of idolatry is exchanging the mm-hmm. glory of God uh, for the glory of created things. And so I think that is our glory problem is that we see beauty, uh, we revere, we give our energy to, we create space for our money, our mind, our heart, our soul for the things that God has made. Um, and so I think what a proper response to the gospel is, is kind of what uh, Paul says a lot in Ephesians, like we've inherited and he's predestined us and all these things to the praise of his glory. Um, and so I think God has to to rework us and rewire us for us to see glory in his face and not in everything else. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. We're not good at mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick a Knowing Faith host to be a feature on your uh, on on a track from your next rap album, uh, which uh, one would which one would you pick here? I mean, and you can be honest. <laughs> I would probably do an interlude between you and JT's banter on like Theophany <laughs> and Christophany. There we go. Y'all seem to do that a lot. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, I would just repeat. create, yeah, like some like yeah. gladiator music underneath oh, that. There we go. That would be that would be cool. You'd have plenty of content to remix. I think so. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, this is our, like, our 10th season. Uh, what would you tell us to stop doing or start doing or keep doing? What's, our, what's your, like, you got any advice for us? to Because you are also a globally successful podcast host in your own right. So this is like, I mean, we're really talking to somebody who's like way ahead of us in the game. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Uh, so what would you tell us? Start doing, stop doing, keep doing here. Start. I don't know. Start banter. I, I like the banter. Like it, Let's it's, go. it's Let's go. I do. <laughs> yeah. One, it warms you up, you know, because yeah, yeah. y'all start off talking about the crazy, like Jen started talking about puzzles on one episode, how mm-hmm. she was like playing puzzles. With her. It's oh, yeah. like, that's real random, but mm-hmm. cool. You know, before we start talking. Yeah, it's, it's so just, cool. Puzzling late at night is so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just like okay, so do it. Do what y'all okay. do. Like I, I really enjoy, y'all know this. I, I enjoy uh, your podcast. I, I, the way I described it when I uh, tell people about it is like listening to. I don't think this is a phrase, but listening to an exegetical conversation. Mm-hmm. Like it feels mm-hmm. like people walking through the text, but in communication with one another. And I just, mm-hmm. I just enjoy yeah. that. Hey. Thank you for that. Hey, and thank you for coming on here for our 10th season. Yeah, we, no we, we, we wanted to have some of our favorite guests on from the past, and we were like, we can't miss up an opportunity to invite you on. And uh, if you have not checked out the Glory Tour and it's coming to a city near you, it's still going, right? There's like 10, yeah. more, 10 more cities, right? Nine. Nine more cities. If you haven't yeah. checked out the Gosh, Glory Tour, go check it out. Yeah. Where can they find yeah. out more about the Glory Tour, Jackie? My website, www.jackiehillperry.com. There we go. So simple. So easy. Thank you for joining us, Jackie. Thanks, Have Jack. a great Thanks, day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jackie. Good to see you. Thanks. See you later. Uh, and, uh, I mean, isn't she the best? Yes. Yep. Two, I two mean, things that, that uh, are related to that conversation, but not about Jackie. Guys, I came up with a phrase last night uh, that I didn't mean to come <laughs> up with, but that feels, that feels like it could be a, either a rap, an album, a song. We need to trademark this thing. Somebody was talking about Chick-fil-A, and I said, you mean Mana from Atlanta? Oh no. my god. That's pretty I'm so good. Glad. No. I'm so glad you didn't just tell her that. You <laughs> no, saved yourself that's why some I waited. real That's why I waited. That's why I waited. Hey, that could be good Whew. though. Second, has it been harder? Like I think about traveling to nine cities and doing like has has 
like post COVID, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay in my home. Yeah. In, in like, have you guys traveled a lot? Like, I feel like it it is exhausting to travel now in a way that it didn't feel that way before. Oh yeah, I've I've cut way back, and yeah. I have zero regrets. Other than that, I do enjoy. I shouldn't say that. I do enjoy. And it does energize me to a degree, like when I'm there, but Mm -hmm. um, being home on a Saturday feels like just the gift that keeps on giving. And so, yeah, I I do feel that, JT. I don't think I have the stamina that I had before, before COVID to travel. But you know what's interesting? I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I don't think people are as invested in going to things as they were before COVID. Yep. A lot of times. So... I'd rather do fewer things with, you know, better attendance than a whole bunch of things with a few people who are like, eh, I guess I'll go. Right. Well, uh, you know, I recently was scheduled to uh, make an appearance in Colorado, uh, but my friend who had scheduled me to be out there, I get all the way to the airport. I'm sitting, waiting to board the plane. And he calls me, he calls me, and this is what he says. He says, listen, I am so sick of hearing your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in Texas. I don't want to see you. I don't want to Turn hear around. from you. And I, I had to drive. I had to leave the airport and drive away. He canceled the whole thing. I mean, it was honestly, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit, really. We, we have a, we have a, it's an unwritten pact among Coloradoans that whenever we have snow, we tell all of our Texas friends to stay in Texas so that you guys aren't on our roads driving. <laughs> and so it was, I was just maintaining. And on your integ- slopes. Yeah, skiing. I was just maintaining integrity here. <laughs> it, it snowed a ton when we had to, we didn't cancel, but we had to move the Institute onto, uh, onto Zoom, which you, you faithfully taught. It was great. Oh, Wow. Yeah, teaching on Union with Christ is a delight. Teaching on Union with Christ over Zoom is just a little, it's it's a diet delight. It's not it as felt, nearly as enjoyable. It felt like a little bit of PTSD from like those early, early, early COVID days. Yes. Remember when we did that like, is. we did four or five Knowing Faith episodes on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. It was really you, bad. That was not fun. I mean, I'm sure they were fine, but it was sure. not fun to do them. That's no, what I mean. it was yeah. not. Yeah. It was not. Uh, And it was also in that moment where it felt like doing Knowing Faith episodes. It felt like doing anything, sending an email. You're like, there's a global pandemic going on, and I'm recording an episode of a podcast. (laughs) And and you're like making, you kind of felt like. (laughs) Making uh, jokes. Yeah, you're like, ha, ha, ha. uh, Who's who's watching Tiger King? (laughs) (laughs) Anybody have a runny nose? No? Lauren Lauren and I just watched a clip. It was like a highlight reel. I don't know if you. I'm listener. I'm not endorsing Tiger King and and I'm not endorsing it in any way, shape or form. We did watch it. And whenever we watched it during COVID, we thought it was like the most insane, hilarious thing we had ever witnessed. And then when we were watching a highlight reel, like uh, maybe a couple of weeks back, Lauren was like, I don't think this was actually that funny. I just think that like it came out and it's such a weird time. And when we watched clips back, we we're like, this is actually kind of icky and gross. Like, this is like not really that oh, yeah. amazing at all. And it was just one of those things that COVID made it feel like, oh, it's kind of something to take our mind off this global pandemic. But we would never otherwise have watched no, it. That's what I think too. Not. It's like, it was like, oh, this will be a fun, guilty pleasure to keep me busy for the two weeks that I'm staying home. And right. then you're like, what is happening? And I just gave some of my life to that. Yeah. We live in a possession and money-obsessed culture, but what does the Bible say about generosity? 
In his new book, A Short Guide to Gospel Generosity, author Nathan Harris shows us that the answer to our obsession with possessions is turning to the gospel, because only in the gospel can we find the type of life transformation that enables us to turn our focus from ourselves and back to others, to give generously, and to follow in the way of Christ. To learn more about the book, visit GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. That's GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 10 Women Who Changed the World is seminary president Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold. And look who we have now. We have joining this episode, Dr. Greg Allison. Let me give you the rundown. Dr. Allison is professor of Christian theology at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, the author of many books, uh, Historical Theology, Introduction to Christian Doctrine, Sojourners and Strangers, Roman Catholic Theology and Practice and Evangelical Assessment, The Holy Spirit, Embodied Living as Whole People in a Fractured World, 50 Core Truths of the Christian Faith and Other Books. And he is now a Officially, with his appearance on this episode, the most <laughs> oh recurring gosh. guest we have ever had in Whoa, Knowing Faith. Fantastic. <laughs> Dr. Allison, you have, uh, we, we do not have a Hall of Fame, but if we did, you would be the first entrant Without into the Knowing Faith Hall of Fame. <laughs> I do want a trophy of some kind. <laughs> Okay, we'll make sure what that we... we caption what would we caption it? Biggest sucker. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Person with the most free time. Oh, <laughs> take a risk. <laughs> Hangs out with bad company. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Associates with people of loose morals. I mean all sorts of stuff. <laughs> hey, just hanging out with friends. So that's oh, yeah. all it needs to say. So absolutely. With well, Dr. Allison. This is our 10th season for Knowing Faith. Is that crazy? It's fantastic. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. We are so excited, and we're so excited to have you appear on this episode. We wanted to bring on our very favorite guest from past <laughs> seasons of Knowing Faith, and it just was fitting. I should have mailed you a plastic crown. You could have worn mm -hmm. it uh, uh, in celebration of your your real victory of being, I know this, <laughs> and all the accolades <laughs> that you've accrued in your life, these wonderful books you've published, a faithful ministry over decades, uh, all the things you've written, that this is really now going to be at the top of your CV. Most yeah. appeared on Knowing this Faith. This is my favorite marathon race. Oh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, hoping we, for a PR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nice. Dr. Allison, uh, we're asking every guest that's showing up on this special episode just one question. And here's the question I got for you. If we have the Bible, and we do, why do we need creeds, confessions, the writings of leaders, pastors, and theologians from church history? Like, if I've got the Bible, I don't need any of that other nonsense, do I? Yes, and I detect... <laughs> I sense three categories in your question, so I'm going to break down my answer into three categories. The first, all right, the Bible, 
which is God's written word to us, his people, is his revelation of himself and his ways so that we might be rescued from sin and we may worship God in ways that please him, that we might know and embrace our responsibilities of faith and obedience, that we might be prepared to and empowered for every good work and much, much more. So that's the first category. Mm-hmm. The second category, creeds and confessions, which are statements of faith that express what the church believes and is to believe based on the entirety of Scripture. So matters like the Trinity, the deity and humanity of Christ, the authority and truthfulness of the Word of God, uh, salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the church, and many other topics. And then the third category, the writings of leaders, pastors, and theologians from church history, which are treasures of wisdom from the past. Hmm. And they help us to know what we're to uh, do in terms of rightly interpreting the Bible, how to put the Bible together in terms of affirming and defending sound doctrine, and then how to correctly live out biblical instruction so as to fully please God in life and ministry. So we got those three categories. Okay. And if I can expand on each one a bit, Ken, is is, is that okay? Uh, Of course it is. The road is yours. (laughs) So only the first category, which is the Bible, is divine revelation. So it alone has and enjoys and exerts ultimate authority over us and our churches. Mm. The second category, creeds and confessions, because it consists of biblically proven wisdom, Mm-hmm. enjoys what I like to call presumptive authority over us and our churches. Now, these statements of faith are not infallible, but it's always dangerous to move away from the biblical and theological consensus that the church has developed under the guidance of the Holy Spirit over the course of many centuries. And then the third category, the writings of Christian leaders, represents the church's historical attempts at providing contextualized biblical and theological instructions for churches and Christians in different times and cultures. And so these teachings can be ministerial to help us in our churches today. So three categories that you've asked in the question and my responses. I love it. Uh, Dr. Allison, if you had to get one of the creeds tattooed on your back, which one would you pick? (laughs) The Nicene Constantinopolitan (laughs) Creed. (laughs) <laughs> okay, now, now, true or false, and you can, you, you can leave us guessing. You don't have to answer this. We can just live with the mystery. Do you have the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed on your back right now tattooed? I do not. I <laughs> okay. do not. All right. But we now that you mention it, I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys, on the 10th season of Knowing Faith. Dr. Greg Allison wants to go out and get the Nicene Creed tattooed on his back. There we go. That's that's your breaking news. Breaking news. Fantastic. Dr. Allison, thank you for jumping on here. Is there any anything that you can do? What would be your, your word of challenge to us for the next 10 seasons of Knowing Faith? What would you tell us either to stop doing or keep on doing? <laughs> what I like particularly <laughs> is the dynamic between you guys. I mean, I still fondly recall uh, the episode we did on the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. yeah. literally a day or two before the whole uh-huh. world closed down because of COVID-19, right? right? 
Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was give and take. There was movement. There was dynamics. We covered everything. I think yeah. we even high fived one another at a certain point. We can do <laughs> that again I because agreed. we won. <laughs> yeah. Because we won, right? And and I mean that episode, like all the other episodes that I've done, represents for me what's a key contribution of knowing faith. So you help Christians. You help churches know the faith and grow in a faith that knows God and that wants to more deeply and accurately obey him and trust him in all things. So I'm honored to have been a small part of your 10 years. So congratulations on the 10th anniversary. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Dr. Allison. Thanks, Dr. Allison. You're the best, Dr. Allison. Yeah, keep coming back. Anytime. All right. We'll see you later, Dr. Allison. Thank you much. Love you three. Love you too, brother. Bye. Have you guys seen the new show? I think it's called All Creatures Great and Small. No, oh, I love it, called? but I haven't seen the newest season, so don't tell me about it. I've not seen any of it. I've just had, in the last week, like seven people recommend it to me, so it, I should watch it, you It think? is it is delightful. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let a guest in. We have a guest knocking on the little podcast door that we have here. Let's see who it is. Who could it possibly be? It's Dr. Mike Kruger. How are you, Dr. <laughs> Kruger? Hey, Dr. How's everybody doing? We're hanging in there. Good. What are you guys like on the marathon here? Like 20 people in a row or something? Yeah, just uh it's like it's like it's like an episode of Cheers. You don't know who's coming in next, but you're gonna be glad to see him. <laughs> oh, you know, good. I like that. <laughs> oh, Kyle. There we go. I'm doing my best, Dr. Oh, Kruger. Kyle. I'm doing my best. <laughs> we were I was actually talking, we were talking about one of our favorite guests from the past who is uh, also an RTS bro. You guys call yourself the RTS bros, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that word has some connotations now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Have you read Dr. Kruger's latest yes. book, Kyle? I, I actually, actually I have it. It's got some challenges. So. You don't want okay, any part great. of that. I'll, yeah. uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me rephrase. We were, we were recently discussing a, another RTS brother in Christ, uh, and uh, we were talking about Dr. Ligon Duncan when we had him on, and what a ball that was uh, to have him on the show and how he blew my, my Baptist brains with uh, some of his arguments for pedo baptism and it was just so much fun oh well, he didn't convince oh, okay. me i'm just so checking. stubborn okay uh, but it was it wasn't because his arguments were weak it's just because my heart is callous oh well you know? that's also that's part I mean. of the presbyterian system too so don't worry okay. so. <laughs> we got an answer for that as well so there we go fantastic <laughs> well we uh, if you don't know who we figured that out yet exactly no we have it we have it but uh, if, if the listeners like, who is this person? It is Dr. Michael Kruger. Uh, we have had him on the show uh, multiple times. He serves as the president and the Samuel C. Patterson Professor of New Testament and Early Christianity at the Charlotte campus of Reformed Theological Seminary. He's the author of many books. Just go check them out. You should check it out. They're fantastic. Uh, Canon Revisited is a book that I still, it's one of my most given away books. If you've got questions about the Canon, it's a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. I recommend it every time we have it on because it's aces. So Dr. Kruger, thanks for jumping on. This is our 10th season of Knowing Faith. We're 10 seasons Well, in. congratulations, guys. 10, 10 seasons. That's a lot. Is that 10 years or just 10 seasons? So how's that work out in terms of years? It just feels like 10 years, but it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like yeah. dog years, blogging. <laughs> and podcasting. That's right. No, I mean, I don't We know. just listened to a bunch of clips from earlier in the, like, like from like five years ago. I'm like, I don't even remember mm-hmm. saying that. I don't remember yeah, thinking yeah. that. You're like, you don't oh ever want gosh, to do that exercise. It's like looking at the way you dressed <laughs> no. at your high school prom and you're like, what was I thinking, man? Like, yeah, you know? certainly that's yeah, not me. That can't be me. <laughs> 
Mm. I'm also wondering what, what other goofy things I said that have passed out of my recollection, but they can be found and clipped at will on the internet. You, go, you all so, should go back yeah. and edit yeah. all your prior episodes. Just take out all the stuff you <laughs> now realize isn't true. So Yeah, actually. Well, pre- there might not be much left, so oh, right. we're not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> yeah, actually, Engineer Brad, you might if you could go back and edit out the thing that I said about RTS bros right at the top of this one. Uh, that <laughs> would be, be fantastic. Yeah, I was already saying, well, we were recording. I don't even know what was. You better go back and look at that one. <laughs> yeah, we might need to. We might need to. Well, okay, Dr. Kruger, uh, we're asking every one of our guests that comes on today just one question. Here's your question. In your opinion, what is the most overlooked book in the New Testament, and why would you encourage Christians to spend a little bit more time with it? Yeah, there's lots of good answers to that question. I mean, depends on what you mean by overlooked. If you mean least read, I, I have some answers to that. But I think the, the book that stands out in my mind is one that I want to encourage people to read that I don't think they're reading, at least in the right way, is the book of Revelation. Um, apparently, Jen is on my team here. Writing yes. a study Excellent. on it right now. Mm-hmm. So now some mm-hmm. will object that it's not the most overlooked book, but actually I, I kind of think it is in a couple ways. First of all, in reform spaces, it is pretty overlooked, although that's starting to change. Mm. Um, and you see new commentaries out that are from reform folks that didn't used to be the case historically. Of course, Calvin never wrote on Revelation, which is always a mm-hmm. curiosity. But also, when people read Revelation, they, they read it for the wrong reasons and looking for the wrong things often. Hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. part of what my concern is, is that they read Revelation with the, with the eyes to see what I think they ought to see when they read it, which is maybe one of the very best Christocentric books in the entire Bible. It's all about Christ, his, his glory, his divinity. It's about worship. It's just fantastic. So, um, And I think people need to learn to go past chapter three. Mm-hmm. Um, which okay. is, you know, saying a lot. Sometimes the first three chapters are the easy parts, and after that, everyone gives up. Mm. Yep, love it. Uh, so, but but it also says some things about blood moons too, right? <laughs> well, it certainly <laughs> yeah, says. I was going to say, I went, I went not to in it. our normal, you know, uh, meteorological <laughs> sense, but yes, um, <laughs> the stars fall from the sky, the moon turns red, the sky rolls up like a scroll, uh, yeah. and that happens a lot in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to a seminary where that book was not neglected. Uh, so we, oh, spent, yeah. we spent some time on But I bet you, I bet book. it was looked at through one lens only, which is, this is yeah, a puzzle I that to lens. solve. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with that one. Things. I got charts. Hang on, let me get them. Exactly. Get <laughs> yeah, get, those, get yeah. those charts out real quick. This is the problem well, with uh, reform Dr. Christians. We don't have very good charts. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Can't win the debate without a good chart. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, when I ask my non-Christian friends what the problem with reform folks is, they always say the charts. They, the charts are the first <laughs> thing. They, they, they need more charts. <laughs> more charts. So boring. Uh, well, Dr. Kruger, uh, we're 10 seasons in. What would you tell us? Keep doing. What would you say? Hey, I'm familiar with what you guys are doing on Knowing Faith. Keep doing this. Yeah, you guys have a great way of getting into some deep theological issues in ways that are are winsome, encouraging, and 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 persuasive. And that's of course the whole point, right, of these sorts of discussions. So rather than using a podcast as you know someone's personal opportunity to vent on everything they don't like in the world, or maybe uh, you know using it to sort of go after certain groups or people, you guys do a great job of of substantively discussing things, but not in a way that I feel like is you know, uh, feeling like the spirit of the age that we're all so happy to, 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 to sort of mm-hmm. see diminish. Um, and so, you know, kudos to you guys, you know, 10 seasons of, of that kind of stuff is great. I hope you get 10 more out of it because it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. 10. Uh, well, thank you for that. And thank you for your encouragement. 10 more seasons might put us all into the ground. I think, uh, <laughs> <I would imagine. laughs> it's been 10 seasons. It feels that like it. Super it, dark, Kyle. Well, maybe this is the like, last season. Yeah, maybe this is your, like you guys' is going out party. 
You just haven't sort of seen it for what it is yet. You know, yeah. you, you think it's a celebration of an anniversary. It's just really the celebration yes. of the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> As the oldest member of this trio, I object to your use of going into the yeah, ground. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Some of us are closer enough, to the ground than others. So. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's true. Right. That's true. Well, Dr. Kruger, thanks for jumping on. We honestly, we were one of our favorite guests that we've ever yeah. had on. You're always a great time. Your work is engaging and helpful and such a benefit to the church. And we love RTS. So keep doing what you're great. doing. Great. I appreciate it. Good to be on with you guys. And I'll, I'll look for that invitation 10, years, 10 seasons from now when we do this again. So Okay. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll make sure you get All right. it. Yeah, we'll, a we'll, couple we'll, of us we'll will be here. You. See you later. Take care. <laughs> Bye, Dr. Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, who knows? I, who knows who that's going to be? <laughs> well, JT will be raptured by then. So there's no. I, 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 I had some revelation <laughs> jokes ready there. I need you to know I held back, and that's progressive yeah. sanctification. <laughs> I have not read Dr. Kruger's new book, and it sounds like the RTS bro comment was not the right one to start in on. Uh, oh, you know, you know what it's about, right? I have no idea what it's about. I feel okay, terrible to admit that. It's fantastic. It's okay. called Bully Pulpit, and okay. it's about spiritual abuse in the church. Golly. Oh, <laughs> man. So yeah, make a bro joke. It's hysterical. Yeah, you know, whenever whenever you record hundreds of hours of you talking, you're going to just walk into bear traps. Yeah. But I have a way of like hunting them down like a <laughs> truffle pig. Like I can literally, I can literally like... If there was a if there was a, if there was a, a a football field and there was just one landmine on that entire football field, I would walk across that landmine. Every like that's uh. I can't believe I let off with RTS Bros. Well, there we go. Yeah, well, no, but the book is seriously really good. If anybody's interested, I need to check it out. I yeah. need to check it out. Now, when you think about being okay, so he mentions Revelation. You're writing mm -hmm. a study on Revelation. Yeah. What was the most interesting little end times thing from your evangelical imagination? Like, what's the most? I can remember mine. That's why I'm teeing it up because I have an answer. But do you like, mean cultural artifact? Like, yeah. What? Like we had rice buckets in our garage for like five years after the millennium because my dad was like, "Hey, if it goes south, we need some rice," and he. <laughs> These giant buckets of rice, and they just stayed in our garage after uh, Y2K, uh, or after Y2K didn't materialize. Uh, yeah. And I remember, as it like even as like a I don't know, fourteen or fifteen year old, being like, "There's the rice buckets in the garage from that time." We thought mm -hmm. that you know the whole world might collapse at the turn of the millennium because mm -hmm. you know God's mm -hmm. going to come back and the tribulation. We had rice. We had rice. Gonna get through, man. I don't know what I don't know what our family was thinking. I guess we were thinking we were gonna steal your rice. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't gonna we steal our have, rice. We didn't have any preparation at all. My parents were like, "This is nothing. Don't worry about it." <laughs> we were out in the parking lot, just like shooting hoops, playing, waiting. Man, the, the time came and went. And was over. The, the pagans nailed that one. Yeah, yeah we were really we were right did. about that one. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, just leave yeah, it. Just leave it to the, the most clear command in the Bible is "Don't be afraid." Just leave it to Christians to freak out about about a clock ticking over one second. Don't be afraid. We you, need rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that is actually you just keyed in on something I'm planning to talk about in the Revelation study. It's like we've taken uh, we've completely forgotten um, Jesus' words to um, not worry about tomorrow and to fear not, and we've turned Revelation into a book that causes anxiety, and it's meant to give assurance. Mm -hmm. 
So I cannot wait. Cannot wait to get into that book. Man, that, you know what? I'm excited that you're excited about it because I'm not. And maybe you can convince me. Maybe you can get maybe, in Maybe. We'll see. Well, I wasn't until I was. I don't know how else to say it. I, mm-hmm. I, I But then I think um, after doing spending all that time in Genesis and Exodus, yeah, um, it was like, gosh, why would I not? And then I did, I did first, second, and third John. You know, so I, so it's like, mm-hmm. and and the and there's so much overlap even between John's epistles and Revelation. So, what's been the most helpful resource for you, Jen? Uh, just in terms oh, of reading and preparing, without a doubt. And this is so far. I haven't done all the reading that I should yet, but um, Greg Beal's yeah short commentary. I mm-hmm. have. I'm. I'm not. You know. I'm not serious enough to take on the larger commentary, but um, the short one is very accessible. And even just the introduction alone, I read it and I just want to start crying. I was like, I've been waiting for this for so long because he makes the conversation. He, he talks about how begin with a metaphorical reading and move to a, a literal one if there is one to be moved to. And we tend to do that in reverse when we read yeah. the book of Revelation. And so, you know, as someone who who's looking about literacy tools as they apply to the scripture, it's just a really nice fit for, for what I have done in other studies to be able to tackle the book from that perspective. That's great. I've not read this. So I can't recommend it from a place of having read it, but I can recommend it from it being recommended to me about 15 times by people that I know, love, and trust. And it's short also. It's called The Theology of the Book of Revelation by Richard Bauckham. I've just heard amazing things about it. I think it's only, I have that one. Okay. It's only like 150, it's, it's less than 200 pages. I think yeah. it's still exegetical, but more kind of like theological topics and themes. So yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, I kind of want to preach through Revelation. It's storyline in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm going to wait for your study to come out. Well, question for you. Have you seen, um, I think it's Brandon Smith wrote a book on the Trinity in Revelation. I wondered if you had seen that yet. I have. Yeah, he sent it to me and he, he actually, I don't know if he ever... Uh, I don't think he said this in the book, but he he uh, read my dissertation and said it was helpful for him. Oh my gosh! Book. Yeah, that's awesome. Look at that. Yep, kind of that's triune great. speech, and so yeah, he uh, he was really complimentary and kind. And his dissertation, he he texted me and said, "Hey, did you get my book?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Your your dissertation is is what my dissertation wants to be when it grows up." Like he did a better <laughs> job and and, and re- was really really faithful. You know, he uh, he he he, did, he wrote a great book. Oh, nice. Well, uh, uh, you know, just to segue us, because I'm a master of this, but on the topic of the Trinity, our next guest preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard on the Trinity. So I'm going to let him in right here. Who do we have as our next guest? It is uh, Sam Alberry. Sam! Sam! Hey, hey. How's it going? How's it going, What's Sam? What's up, Sam? Good to see you all. Good to see you too. Where are you? I am in England uh, in my friend's guest room because I have this past week packed up my own house. Uh, I now have a visa, so... I'm about to move officially to the States. All right. We'll take you. (laughs) That's all I needed. I didn't need a visa. I just needed you to say that. (laughs) Welcome to the revolution, a land flowing with uh, George Washington and Jed Bartlett. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now that America is great again, I thought I'd come over and and join (laughs) you. Uh, well, for our listeners who don't know Sam like we know Sam, the guest we have on is Sam Aubrey. Uh, no introduction needed, but I'm going to s- say it anyways. He's a pastor, apologist, author, speaker, podcast host. He's the author of a number of books, including Is God Anti-Gay? What God Has to Say About Our Bodies, Why Does God Care Who I Sleep With, and Seven Myths About Singleness. But more than that, 
Sam is our friend, one of our very favorite guests from Knowing Faith Past, Memories Past. And uh, thanks for jumping on for our 10th, uh, 10th anniversary here, Sam. Thank you. Oh, how could I not? Thank you for having me. It's so, uh, so good to join you for this. And congratulations. That's amazing. 10 years, huh? No, 10 seasons. Well, 10 seasons, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the first year we like didn't know what a year or a season was, and then we started just calling each episode oh. a season. I don't know. Yeah. Was it we? Yeah. Was it we, JT? I think I, it, it wasn't we. Yeah, I, was, I had no part of that. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Sam, I think th- the big question that I have for you is this. Why am I your favorite of the three hosts of Knowing Faith? Like, what What about, like, how, why do you feel like I excel where these other two uh, folks just kind of struggle a little bit? That's where, that's why we're asking every guest a question. Yeah, that's yours. no, totally. I, I think it's because you're, you're broken, but whole. <laughs> Oh man, you know, you just, you just lay it. You, you, sometimes you throw it up hoping somebody will slam dunk it and Sam just caught the ball and delivered. It's a gift that keeps on giving. No, yes. Uh, well, no, in all seriousness, Sam, okay, we're asking every guest a real question. This is the real one. How would you encourage a Christian intimidated by confessing sin to other Christians? So they come to you and they say, hey, I, I, I know the Bible says that you know, I'm to confess my sins to God, but I've heard that there's good, there's practical benefit and encouragement that it's good for me to confess my sins to other brothers and sisters in Christ, but I'm scared. I don't want to yeah. do it. I'm intimidated by it. How would you encourage them? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's natural to feel intimidated. We, we don't lose face when we confess sin to God because he knows all of our sins better than we do anyway. But if I confess my sins to you, mm-hmm. actually, I do risk losing face because you don't know the half of it. So it feels like there may be more relationally at stake, confessing sins to one another. But mm-hmm. we're, we're all ultimately in the same boat. And actually, as it happened, I, I met up with a, a dear friend today who wanted to confess to me some things he'd never confessed to anyone before in his life. Um, and he shared with me some of those things. And they weren't sins that I had committed in the in the way that he had, but I I was able to say to him, listen, if I've not done some of those things that you've done, that's only because of lack of provocation and lack of opportunity. It's not because I'm better than you. Mm. Uh, we're, we're made of the same stuff here. The, the more we get that, the more we should realize actually all of us have things that we are embarrassed about other people knowing. All of us have sins to confess that we're deeply ashamed of. It can feel like I'm the only one. Everyone else is basically okay, and I'm I'm the real sinner in the room. But uh, the fact is, everyone is feeling that way, mm-hmm. so we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I think I'd say is, you know, James five is it sixteen says to confess our sins and pray, confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. And mm-hmm. I went round in circles. I wrote a a devotional commentary on the book of James. I went round in circles on what does healing mean? As who's done a PhD on this? Who can tell us the answer? Mm-hmm. And it it occurred to me only recently. Let's just confess our sins and find out, because that's you know whatever it is James is promising, we'll find when we confess our sins to each other. Yeah. Hmm. But I think at least part of the healing is that actually the the gospel becomes more real as we as we 
allow other people to know the worst things about us, and yet we are received with with grace, and the the gospel is is reiterated. It it sweetens and deepens friendships, and I think it does something to our relationship with the sin that we're confessing. That the fact that we put it out there in the open, that we name it, that we confess it as a sin, all of those things I think do bring a, a measure of healing to our to our hearts. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Sam, if uh, if you were going to tell us, keep doing something, stop doing something, or start doing something for the next 10 seasons of Knowing Faith, what would you tell us to, you don't have to do one for each category, but one of those categories, stop <laughs> doing, start doing, or keep doing, what would you tell us? What would be your exhortation for the next 10 for us? There's probably lots of, of jokey banter related answers to that, but the, I think the serious thing is is keep <laughs> keep making theology fun to talk about because it should be. It's it's deep. It's challenging. It's stretching at times. It's it's sobering, but it's it is. There's a there's a godly sense of fun here. We're we're parachuted into this universe of of reality about God, and we we get to explore in it. We get to see what the Bible says. And I've really one of the things I've really appreciated about this podcast is it is both the the, the sharpening you've done for me, thinking through different theological issues, but you've made me chuckle along the way and it, it's lovely to have those two things combined theological seriousness with with a kind of levity because i think those two things go together well so um mm-hmm. yeah. keep good. giving jt a very hard time i think is what i'm saying great it never ends <laughs> it, it gets to the point of bullying and i'm just like guys can we get back to christophanies please <laughs> <laughs> well, keep joining us for, That's great, for friendly yes. dialogue. Yeah, we, we've, we've really enjoyed having you for a dialogue partner, and you bring bring plenty of humor along for the ride as well, which we love. That's right. I'll come anytime. That's right. Sam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm to declare the second golden ticket. We've only, I've only declared one other golden ticket in the history of knowing faith for guests. That first golden ticket went to Ligon Duncan. It's not accompanied by anything material at all. It's just a declaration that I make ex cathedra, so to speak, for the, for the podcast. And I'm awarding you the second golden ticket. You can redeem it at any time, Sam. You let us know. Knock on the podcast door and it will swing wide open unto thee. All right? Oh Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Bless you, brother. Thank you, man. So <laughs> good to see, to see you. God bless you guys. Love you so much. See you, Sam. Love you too, brother. Bye. Oh, man. We have had some fun. We have one more to round us out here, and uh, that, that knock will come at you know any moment. I wish Engineer Brad could actually automate. Maybe he can. Engineer Brad, if you can automate a knocking sound or a creaking of a door. No, uh, no. Just, that's just so you cheesy. Know, oh, is it? I, I love, I, I mean, we, we don't have any cheese like that. You know, I, oftentimes, I've, how many times I have held myself back from Kyle, putting I a think laugh we just track on... I think we just need to pause here for a second and say, Jackie Hill Perry likes our banter. We never have to have this. We never have to have this argument again, ever. (laughs) This argument has been settled. Once and for all. (laughs) You know, what's funny is like Jackie and I, we speak at stuff together and we don't Mm -hmm. banter in the, in the green room. We're not back there bantering. Maybe she wants you to. If you like the banter, you don't want to banter with me. You just want to listen to me banter with Kyle and JT. Well, maybe she knows that you're so anti-banter. You've been, maybe that's probably it. She probably thinks I'm a little frosty about it. Well, Mm -hmm. and but when you guys are both speaking and you're back there in the green room or whatever, you know, it's, you know, it's like two alphas in the same place. Getting your ankles (laughs) taped up. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are listening. You got you got your your hype music is going hype on music. in your headphones. Towel over. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. It's like drinking some yeah. Gatorade. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I would be curious. I would be curious. Is it the vibe has to be different when in the women's green room than the like just general speaking mixed gender green room, right? Like that's got to be different. Well, I have been in far fewer, like I've been in a lot of green rooms where I'm the only woman there. And that just is so awkward for me. Mm. Um, not always. I mean, obviously sometimes it's fine. But the women's uh, green rooms, when the women platform is backstage for something, it's actually delightful. I mean, mm. there's just, you just don't, feel like people are eyeing, sizing each other up or anything like that. Um, I call those women, they're like my summer camp friends, you know, because we mm. see each other at these sort of mountaintop right. things. But I really look forward to seeing them. And, you know, also those rooms for us, there's a lot of, uh, there can be some loneliness associated with that work. And you just, you get to talk to people who are in similar spaces that you're in and dealing with similar um, difficulties and, and similar wins. And so it's just, a, it's fun. I like seeing them. Actually, Melissa Kruger is another one. Mike's wife is um, just one of my favorite people. And Courtney, doctor. We've had some of these people on the show. By by sheer coincidence, we've had some of these people on the show. But yeah, they're great. You know, uh, I, uh, I often imagine that if I ran a conference, that I would want the MC of that conference to be the oldest, nicest, godliest woman, like an old, like just old woman from First Baptist Church <laughs> Groves uh, who is totally unimpressed with anybody but Jesus. And they'd be like, this next person's going to preach to us. We're going to listen to it. It's God's word. They gave me some stuff to say, but I can't read it on the prompter. Uh, open up your Bible to John 3 and then gets off the stage because they just would not be enamored at all with anybody who's coming out. Like, not impressed. Give me 10 years and I'll fill the bill for you. Perfect. Great. (laughs) I'll take you up on that. We'll plan a conference and you'll just MC the whole event and be like, I don't know who this next person is. Uh, I think they're going to preach. They told me to tell you about what a Romans 5. Yeah. Can we get Tony Evans back yeah. in here? No doubt about <laughs> yeah, that. I will get off the stage at any moment if that man walks in the room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. And look, we have another guest. Uh, we are joined by a friend of the show and friend of ours, more importantly, Dr. Jonathan Pennington. Hey, Dr. Pennington, how are you? Howdy. Oh, yeah. Thank you for speaking. Hey, guys. Thank you for speaking Texan to me real right off the bat. I appreciate that. Howdy. Yeah. Coming in with a howdy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Dr. Pennington, if you are not familiar with him, is currently professor of New Testament interpretation at Southern Seminary in Louisville. He's also the spiritual formation pastor at Sojourn East, regularly speaks and teaches in churches all over the country. He's the author of many books, including the brand new Come and See, which I have right here, uh, The Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture. And, uh, oh, look at J- JT's got his, but uh, no, wh- no way. Got my Just, copy. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait a minute. Wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jen, One of these things is Jen, not like Jen, the other. Okay. Jin yeah. needs to hold up a green screen. Uh, she pulls up. She pulls up women of the word. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Doctor Pennington. Um, you know, before you say some nice things on the tenth season anniversary of Knowing Faith, let me ask you this question. Uh, as I've been looking at your book and taking a look at the first few chapters, let me just tee it up for the audience. Why is it important that we read the Bible not just for information but for transformation? Yeah, it's good. I mean, that is really the part of my ministry and this book in particular as well, is that 
you know, information is important. So it's really important that we grow in information. But the whole goal of reading scripture is that we encounter God and become more fully human, become more formed into his image. I've often been thinking recently about 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, that we, we go to those famous verses to talk about the inerrancy and inspiration of scripture, which is great. But their point is actually that the point of Holy Scripture is not just to be proven that it's inspired, but that we be trained in righteousness, that we become more like God. And so that's that's what I would say mm-hmm. is that this is the goal of reading Scripture, is that Scripture is this primary means by which we see God and then therefore become more like Him. I love that. It is a good answer. And, it's a good uh, answer, it's a, guys. Not just a theoretical answer, but it's, it's, right. something, it's something that you can actually see in real life application. I think of the Sermon on the Mountain, Human Flourishing, which was such a uh, helpful book for me, but that is actually you putting that right into practice. And I love that book yeah. for that reason. So Dr. Pennington, this is 10 seasons in for Knowing Faith. What would you tell us to stop doing, start doing, keep doing, <laughs> uh, change course on, any encouragements or exhortations for uh, Knowing Faith as we head out into the next 10 seasons? seasons. I mean, I don't have any advice for you other than just sincere appreciation. I mean, I think of so many people in my church, including some very dear friends that have learned so much theology from you guys and the, the friendly, loving, um, thoughtful dialogue that you guys have provided. I'm sure you're aware of many of the ways that God has used this show, but I also think it's, it's one of those kind of, it's a wonderful life things that we can't even know uh, what good wouldn't have happened uh, if you wouldn't have been doing this all these seasons, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, there, you just so many people's lives have been benefited by you guys modeling a loving, thoughtful kind of deep dialogue. So I'm, uh, I mean, I never listened to the show, but I'm sure that it is really good. <laughs> and that, uh, but, but, but so many people do tell me that it's really good. I've listened, you know, I've been on it a couple of times, so those were good, but, but the, <laughs> No, but every but everybody everybody that I know sincerely has been so helped, and so thank you. I mean, really sincerely, thank you for the labor you've put into it. Um, I'm so thankful to call you friends. And I'm so glad we're on the same team. I love it. So congratulations. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, as far as book endorsements go, I've never been asked to endorse one, but I will. In, <laughs> but I but I but I will endorse. I will endorse the teaching and the writing ministry of Jonathan Pennington. There you go. You yeah. heard it. Well, you heard it here first. Wasn't asked to. He may not right. want it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, well, uh, listen, you. hey, if you want to find Knowing Faith, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to find uh, Come and See, you can just go to wherever you get your books at. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. We'd be happy to consider a question that you drop in there for a future episode. You can check out trainingthechurch.com if you want to find out more about the show. Thank you for joining us on this episode with all of these wonderful guests. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Grace and peace. <laughs>